telling you about the guy. Tell me about the guy. Yeah, Which, what guy? The guy. What's the guy, happening? The guy that texts me and he goes, how are you? I was thinking about but you. But it isn't just a guy. This guy texts you, but there's a history with this guy. Not really. That's the thing. There's a date. We had a coffee okay. once. And then I... How long ago? Oh, God. That must have been like seven or eight years ago. Okay. And so... Then, and I and te- now he... And, and we, we finished with a coffee and I text him and he doesn't never text answered. me back. Oh. And, no, no, no. I never, I, I never take offense at a ghosting. I think ghosting is probably the politest thing you can do. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I hate it when people just like, waste your time, but still it doesn't feel nice to be ghosted. Um, I didn't really care one way or the other. I was like, I, I, God knows I wasn't dating only him at the time. It wasn't like, oh, if it doesn't work with him, you I'll be whore. an old man. I wasn't a whore. I had coffee with a number of people. You coffee whore. Are you coffee whore? <laughs> no you wonder were... the Starbucks logo has a like mermaid leg spread out. It's you. No one's gonna <laughs> buy the tree when you're giving the espressos for free. Yeah. So yeah, no. And then he doesn't. He, he doesn't uh, call me back, and I'm like, I'm good. And then like three years later, we ran into each other at a party, and I was. Turning on my flirt machine, which is really not that. <laughs> I imagine like it's not one of those, one of those like um, uh, gra- grass mower. Like yeah, vroom. exactly. Yeah, like yeah. It doesn't. I'm not. I'm not. Vroom. I'm not good at the flirting. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm really. I'm terrible. So I was turning on the flirt machine, and then after I saw him at the party, I texted him again, and I was like, "It was really nice running into you again. Let me know if you want to get a coffee. Maybe it's coffee. Maybe it's the coffee. Maybe that's my problem." But then he didn't text me back. Then again, no offense was taken at all. Mm-hmm. And now he, he he texts me and he's like, "Oh, where are you having a show? I want to go see a show." Have you told him have, that you were doing stand up, or did he just no, find he out, found through, out through your social media? He must have found out, yeah, through my social media. Okay. And then he's like, "And maybe after your show, we could have a drink." And then he's putting me in this weird position where it's like, you know, obviously the correct thing to do is to say I have been in a very committed, very monogamous relationship for three years now. I'm living with someone, whatever. Um, but because it's all so ambiguous and because it never it never amounted to anything with this guy. I don't want to be the guy like, I'm sorry, I have a boyfriend. No. And he's like, I was just being friendly, you can't. Why do you have to, like... You could, yeah, but, but that's because men are assholes. Because, it's like, he, <laughs> yeah, he might yeah. still be, like, married or something, but still, like, trying to see what's up with you or, like, to, like, cheat on his... I or maybe know. he has an open relationship. No, Who knows? No. Let me finish. Uh, so, uh, but he, the thing here is that you could just say, like, sure, like... I mean, I'm going to be... Like, you can casually mention your boyfriend. Like, sure, like, we can have a drink after... Like, my boyfriend's going to meet me after the show. We can have a drink then. Right. Yeah, no, I I mean, yes. The thing is that because he is not being very forward either, then I don't want to be the person who is, like, conceited. Because then I'm giving him the way out of... I wasn't asking you out on a date. I was just asking you out as friends. Yeah, and you could be like, yeah, no. And, 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 like, if you put it there, it's like, okay, fine. I'm just saying, you know, like... Because again, he might just, he might be like testing the waters too. And it turns out like he's in a loveless relationship for the past three years. <laughs> we don't know this. Maybe. I know, I know. But, he's but a nice guy. I write fanfic. So this is what I'm writing right now for you and this man that I have now decided does not deserve you. Well, he chose, he didn't choose me. At the very least. But it's fine. I'm it fine. You know, I know you're I'm, fine. I'm just being overly with, dramatic. I deal with romantic rejection surprisingly well. Like, I'm not... I've never, like... Uh, breakups, 
fuck me up. I will oh, say, like, yeah. after a relationship, a relationship crumbles, or if there is any kind of lying or treason or whatever it is, a betrayal of values and principles, that fucks me up, but good. But, like, oh, I've liked him for, like, two weeks or three weeks or two months, but I've never made a move. And now I'm like, oh, would you like to go out with me? And they're like, no. No, and I I'm hate this fine. idea of, like, I like him and, you know, I, I did I did read, like, a web comic when I was, when I was, you know, younger. Um, that said something that, for me, it's really, like, true, which is unrequited love is a waste of time. Just get over it. it. That's that's always been my philosophy. It's yeah. Just, you know, because I was like, I like him, but he, why doesn't he look? Because, you know, like, I mean, either you're going to put a, either you're going to like, you know, invite the person, like, ask the person out and, you know, put yourself out there and learn that the person isn't interested in you and move on. Or you're just going to be pining there for years. Like, oh, I hope he looks at me like. The very concept of pining can Kiss my ass. Like, I just hate the idea. It would, but it's pining for it it's from far away. It's, it's like, it wouldn't, that would be too forward for the concept of pining. Pining would be like, oh no, I, I better just blow kisses at him. Exactly. Which well, is, he's not looking. The thing, and the thing <coughs> is, is, in fanfic, it's pining. Like, there's, pining is this thing where it's like two characters, and it's just like the most idiotic thing. This is why I hate a lot of, like, stuff for teenagers which is just like they're both looking at each other from far away and uh, like we could only be together it's like you're two white straight people and just you know what fuck. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go out and say it like teenagers have an implicit an implicit license to be idiots yes they're they're teenagers of course they're idiots you were an idiot I was an idiot like that's kind of the whole point of being a teenager just how you see these little you know like three-year-old idiots who are just like <laughs> they're, they're moving like idiots and they're moving like they're walking like yeah, like, they're learning. Drunk, yeah. like drunk people and no yeah I, I get emotionally and socially that's the teenager I get it but then you get the adults it's like yeah. 26 years old and it's like oh I've liked her for two years but we we text each other every day but I don't know if something's gonna happen like ask her yeah. Ask her if something's gonna happen. But what if she says no? Then but she said no, and you can move on. I, I just do not get it. I kind of do appreciate about the forwardness of some parts of gay culture that it's like <laughs> you like someone, you put yourself out there, they say no, and that's it. I know. Yeah. And I mean, some people take it harder than others, and some are like, "You've only had a six pack," and it's like, "Yeah, but you're not working on it, are you?" Um, okay. We could talk. No, but the we could talk about this. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is, like, I have, like, I have. Straight friends my age, like, who will... And I'm 35 right now. Who will who, pine. Who will pine, who will, like, meet a girl, and it's, like, a friend of a friend, and they're like, do you think she likes me? Like, like, and you go, like, just ask her. Like, don't ask her, do you like me? She doesn't know you, and you're, and you're both 35. You don't choose... Like, you're not toddlers anymore. You don't choose whether you like each someone in the first five seconds of meeting. Agreed. But, like, yeah, she might be interested in going out with you, and, you know, that might be something worth... Doing and pursuing, yeah, exactly. Or it might you might go out with her and realize you're both incompatible and just. I do not get. You were telling me about last Saturday. Yeah, I had this. Um, it was it was just weird. The thing is, uh, there was this guy, and I'm actually going to do a stand up master's master class this tomorrow. Yeah, at the Anglo Library, um, and like, I met this guy at one of the. Legion Americana shows in English. Okay. And by meet, I mean we saw each other. 
And then he's like, he's doing this master classes at the Anglo Library. So he's like, do you want to do stand-up one? I'm like, sure. And then he's like, we should get together to talk about the, the, like what we're going to do for master class. And I'm like, cool. And so we, we agreed to meet on Saturday. And I thought it was going to be like, meet beers. Business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then he like sent me an invite to an event he's, uh, he, a friend of his was hosting. And he's like, we can go to this and I can spot you. And I was like, is this a date? And I didn't want to ask, is this a date? Cause what, I'm sorry, you're going to have to explain the lingo to me. What the hell does it mean to spot someone? Uh, he was going to pay for my ticket. Okay, there you go. So he's like, he was like, I'm going to pay for a ticket. And I was like, okay, uh, is this a date? And I didn't ask him. Like, I'm just, you know, like chastising you for not, not being like, I'm like, is this a date? But I want to be like, is this a date? He's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I really, really don't think so. Because, like, he did not give me uh, the vibes right. of... And I've been wrong before. Like, oh, my God, this guy is super straight. And then all of a sudden, he's like, hey, let's kiss. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So, like, on the way there, um, he tells me, uh, I'm about to go there. My mates are already there. And he, he's British, so he used specifically my mates. And I'm like, so it's not a date. He's in proper English, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, uh, he's like, okay, well, so there are friends there, so it's not late. It's not it's a fine. Date, yeah. And so we got there, and he starts talking about his girlfriend who didn't go out for whatever reason. I was like, okay, so it's not a date. Perfect. Like, I had a lot of fun. We did talk about the class thing, but we also, like, talked about a lot of things. He's a very, very, very smart and very, uh, very fun person to hang out with. There was just this, like, two hours before the play, before going, when I was like, is this a date? And if it, if it is, do I want it to be? Right. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> be careful. Anyway, this is Mexicans. Welcome to Mexicans. We happen to be Mexican. And we happen to count. <laughs> and the English language is now dead. I told you you should have gone with Spanish. Just, I told you. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, you're, you're here just to elevate this podcast, to yes, be honest. Yes, naturally, of course. Both in language, in comedy, in everything. Yes, yes. This is except, for, except melatonin levels, that's what I'm oh. here for. Melatonin, serotonin, melanin. Serotonin. <laughs> melanin? <laughs> yeah, just... Which is a skin uh, color? It's melanin, right? Melanin. Melatonin is? It's one of the things that... Uh, it's a hormone. But I don't remember if it's a happy hormone or if it's the depression Any, hormone. Or whatever. If you wanted a science podcast, this is not the yeah, one Yeah, we you. don't want it. We okay, don't care about so science. Let me introduce to you my co-host. He's basically my Miranda Priestley. If Miranda had no fashion sense, no fortune, and no confidence in her own abilities. Oh, <laughs> oh, Luis Augusto. Oh, that, that was... Oh, that was sniping. <laughs> That was below the belt. I, I, every, every bit of it is true. It's all true. So let's, and let me introduce you, my co-host, Marti Leon. He needs a man to jumpstart his car, but he needs a miracle to jumpstart his, jump, no, oh, fuck it. No, damn it. Take two. He needs a man to jumpstart his car, but he needs a miracle to jumpstart his career. Oh, <laughs> That was also yeah. cutting. It was well, deep. Like, it, we're, we're practicing ropes, aren't yeah, we, we? We've been practicing, yeah, because of the, the upcoming competition, which, uh, if, if you give a fuck, we'll keep you posted. And if you don't give a fuck, you can skip, I guess. Um, yeah. And yeah, Martin is, as we mentioned uh, in the previous episode, he is the coach for one team, and I'm in another, and there's going to be like a massive 
element of roasting to this yeah. uh, competition. They just send the rules, and it's basically like the main thing of the event is roasting. Like, it's it's yeah. more of a roasting competition than a stand-up comedy competition. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, that you're you're doing five minutes of of routine of uh, of set. Yeah, yeah. of set. Um, just to give the other guy material to roast you with. Yeah, I do. Clearly, that's like... Because it's either that or going physical. I was actually talking to a few friends of mine yesterday who are way more experienced than I am when it comes to roasting. And they were like, the physical thing is the easy one. Yeah. So it's like, if you're up against a fat comic, maybe do a fat joke just to get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. Yeah, just to get it out of the way. But if you do four fat jokes... They're, they better be brilliant. Exactly. What they were telling me is they better be brilliant fat jokes. And, you know, like, footnote, are there any brilliant fat jokes? Surely there are, but I don't know that anyone can improvise four amazing fat jokes, one right after the other. So you, you, you really would have to start roasting what the other person That's the thing when, when, when in these roast competitions, people that the audience doesn't really know... Um, like, you have to sort of rely on a couple of physical jokes because that's what the audience is immediately seeing. Because yeah. otherwise you have people like, I went into your Twitter account and on 2016 you said that blah, 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 blah. But the point, by the time you get to the joke, the audience is like, I don't really care. That, that's more like a lecture, right? Yeah, it's like there's, some, there's more people in this room than followers in his Twitter account. True. Like, nobody cares. True. <laughs> True. And there's four of us, nobody. And there is four of us. <laughs> so, our Mexican stereotype of the day. What is our Mexican stereotype of the day? Our Mexican stereotype of the day is ranchera music or banda music, which I I think if you're a connoisseur, you might have a difference between the two, but I cannot. I cannot tell I mean, them apart. I think I think banda and this is like some if you know, if we have any <laughs> listeners, maybe they'll correct. It's something you read on Facebook. I think ranchera is more like instrumental, like it's okay. Like like it's a lot. It's a lot more for like less so much singing and a lot more dancing. Again, yeah. I guess. And ranchera has and banda. sorry, and banda has more like. Uh, lyrics. lyrics and like love songs and the you know the typical you know uh, she she's I've been I've been pining after this woman yes. so I better just shoot her kind of thing <laughs> which is Mexico really and it's just yeah I love her and I killed her because I loved her which is a thing it's right? a thing it's a thing that happens so anywho how do you feel about ranchero and banda music okay I'm trying to be more tolerant. Of other people's taste in music, um, I don't like it. Like for me, it's always, <laughs> it was always been like uh, you know this thing that's you know at weddings and at stuff. There's always like the point where let's play some banda music and let's play some rancheras and let's you know dance and whatever. So I don't like it, but also as of recent. Um, I've, you know, I'm listening like, yeah, you can complain about all the misogyny and violence in banda music, but it's not like there's many other genres that aren't in their own ways violent and misogynist and whatever. This is true. Like, there, there will be genres that are problematic yeah. and, you know... Like, nowadays, they, they, they like to blame reggaeton for all the ills of the world. I do, yes. Yes. 
But like, you know, it, it, 20 years ago, it was rock and roll. And you can say that the rock and roll of 20 years had... 20 years ago, people didn't even say rock and roll. Like, what are you talking about? 20 years ago... It was, 20 years ago, it's it was, 2000, my God. Yeah. So 1980s, 40 years ago. Yeah, and then... It, yeah, 40, yeah, 47... Like, during the 70s and... What was, what was ruining the world 20 years ago? Was uh, it electronic prob- music? It, it was probably uh, hip-hop. <laughs> oh, hip-hop. Hip-hop, yeah. which started... Like, it found its real, like... Popularity when it was like yeah. late eighties. Twenty early years 90s. ago, we already had indie rock. Indie rock, yeah. Nirvana, I so guess. So, what do you what do you think of Bam Bam? Well, um, what I you know, the, the, I, I did a bit of research for this one because I I, I will admit my ignorance about the topic uh, very much. Um, I I think the the history it has is actually quite interesting because Banda and Ranchera they both have a lot of things in common even though there's like differences they have things in common one of these is that they're all based on like brass instruments and very uh, carryable instruments yeah. and uh, the reason for this is actually because they used to be the military bands during the Mexican Revolution. Okay. And during the military conflicts of the late 19th century and the early uh, 20th century in Mexico. So by the end of these conflicts, the only instruments that people had at their disposal, especially in the north of the country, because we have to understand that Mexico is very much divided into three main regions culturally, you know, although obviously each region has very specific yeah. cultures, especially with uh, cultures yeah, people. Just like the US can them. like be generally divided into East Coast, West Coast. And yeah, exactly. It's one of these the, things that you're not considering other things, that, but then you would have... But like, like if you go into the minutiae. Yeah, into the minutiae. So this is not me being like, how dare you? Like, you know, there's, you know, there's so Stop. many different people. Let's go, let's go, let's go. What? Just keep on going. Just Stop keep, apologizing. I, for I, I will not. I will not. I'm part Canadian. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I'm not. But, <laughs> I was going to ask, like, no, I'm not. I'm, you, I'm, I'm really, I'm really there's not. There's the Spain part, there's I'm, the I'm Peru really part. Not. Like, where does the Canada part come from? Like, no. did you just, like, do you have some maple syrup in the morning? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I, I ride my sled to work. <laughs> no. Um, so, it was actually, it was the people genre for a very, very, very long time because that's what they had access to. Um, there is the element of uh, misogyny, although, do you know who the most, like, the best-selling banda performer of all time was? And there's a clue in the was. Mm. Selena? There were, no, she never did banda. No, actually, exactly. Jenny Rivera. Jenny Rivera. Well, to be fair, something being performed by women does not. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it is, but I am, like, Jenny Rivera became, like, this iconic... Um, you know, that she exemplified the struggle of a woman on her own. Like, a lot of her songs were about her having wow. kids without a man. Like, one of her most, most famous songs was Madre Soltera, like, Single Mother. I have never, and I couldn't name one generative. I listened to a few of them, I'm not gonna lie. Not the worst thing I've listened to. Like, I mean, it's. It's something, and I'll say this, like, she, she really, like, she had this image going for her, like, she was, she was, like, um, representing women who were struggling in this very, very oppressive, uh, misogynistic, uh, society. Uh, she died, tragically, in a plane accident. Yes. A lot of people say that it wasn't an accident, she was actually killed by, uh, drug lords. Although, um, very recently, I think like a week or two weeks ago, they released like statements and uh, from the investigations that apparently it was an accident. Who knows in the end, but she died 
tragically young. And uh, she was actually extremely popular. And her lyrics are actually quite catchy. My problem with Banda and Ranchera is just that, for me, it's just... And I'm going to sound really old, but it's too much noise. It's too many instruments. I grew up yeah. in the 90s, where it was guitar, drums, bass guitar, singer, maybe a keyboard. And that's it. And then I was... But again, you know, that's because, that was our music at the time. Uh, but like, there's always been banda music being, you know, made and performed by. It's like you don't know about the de details of anything, you know, like hip hop or whatever, electronic music, if you're not in the thick of it. But if you, if you're like into that music, there's constantly music being produced and, you know, like artists coming and going. It's like, it's, I think it's the Mexican version of being into country. Yeah, probably yes. Because it has its own charts and, and it its own yeah. music channels and its own like radio stations. Its own so. concerts, its own festivals. Yeah, and there's people so, yeah. in people in banda and rancheras who are like huge in their sphere, but since the mainstream isn't into that, uh, whatever the, you want the mainstream to be, uh, and the ones that cross over. In one way or another, they're mixing pop elements into their into their music. Well, they become pop because they become popular, so they they have. Yeah, to but also, but the also they yeah. do mix. It's like uh, Los Angeles Azules that became more pop by actually collaborating with pop artists. Which was which is cumbia. They are they're cumbia. Yeah, they're a cumbia okay. band. Yeah. So. So yeah, I don't know. I don't like the music. And I feel bad because it's not like it is noisy. I will get it. But like one of my roommates was very much into ind industrial uh, punk music, which right. is just like sound. It's like <laughs> it's like that one song from uh, Dancer in the Dark. Which oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But like cranked up to 25 and it's like and I actually quite like shouting. industrial industrial metal for example I love it I, I was very much a it. pop kid growing up so like for me for me like Metallica was like why are we listening to guys this screaming is, this is evil music guys I didn't find it, we shouldn't listen I didn't to even find it evil I was just like it's just a guy screaming like this is not I think Metallica was rubbish but I did grow up listening to things like Rage Against what the Machine was, what was the most uh, well the weirdest thing you listened to growing up the weirdest what would you what would you define as weird because I was when non I was mainstream something I, that people non mainstream go. okay well I was <laughs> this is weird but I was when I was between 13 and to this day but now of course if I say I listen to this people will be like okay that's fine but back then when I was 13 or 14 I found my uh, my grandfather's old uh, Sinatra and Bobby Darin and Ella Ooh. Fitzgerald records and proper vinyl and I would listen to them and I was like this is the best music that's ever been produced the whole sound of a jazz big band just blowing out the last note and I loved how the last note always slid away like and they just like I was just I could I would eat that shit up and to this day obviously my go-to music is just like Playing Ella Fitzgerald or uh, Sinatra, no. Bobby Darin, I love. No one can hold that against you. I love. Yeah, nobody today. But try being a fourteen-year-old, and people ask you like, "Yeah, but if you're fourteen years old to today and you're listening to that, you're also a very special type of fourteen-year-old." <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, it's great music, and it's usually. 
I mean, it's just this weird thing with with pop culture in general, which in which, like, you sort of grow up in a time, so the like the media of the time might speak to you or not, and then you there are older things that might call to you, and there's always this thing where you like, it's like for example when Bowie died, oh, some people I'm were like, sad. you know, like, oh my god, Bowie, like I didn't care. I'm like, you know, like Bowie is this kind of artist that it would be really hard for you to. Like, no matter what your taste in music is, there is someone there that is a, is a Bowie fan. Like, maybe you're not a Bowie fan, but, like, I can imagine even, like, like very Latin American composers being like, I would, I, Bowie did something for me. Well, yeah, but that, Bowie is, like, an, an anomaly. He's a space oddity. <laughs> no, of course, of course. But what what I mean is is that when you're growing up, just like everything you consume and what ends up defining you as a person is this weird mishmash of stuff that you find, stuff that is given to you, yeah. stuff that you just like because it's weird, and then you're like, oh my god, I, this is really bad. I was just trying to be like contrary to it. Like, no, of course, J-pop is good. What? Because um, that that was my non-mainstream thing when I was growing up. J-pop. Yeah, I, I had a few. I, you're one of those. I had a few friends who were massive into J-pop and K-pop, and and that was fine. But like, I, I agree with you that because banda and ranchera are so that they have defined themselves as a genre. They've defined themselves as the people's genre. This is like a non-pretentious genre that just anyone can listen to and anyone can dance. And you don't need a lot of money to put together a banda, you know, a a banda gig. And, you know, you have these traveling banda, bandas, um, going around, going around the, the north of the country. But then it's kind of started to trickle down, especially because during the last 15, 20 years, we've had massive, uh, immigration from the north of the country to Mexico City in the south. So, um, I've, I haven't, I believe I haven't given Banda and Ranchera a proper chance. Like, I listened to a few, uh, Jenny Rivera songs and I was like, this is okay. I can, I can do this. I don't think I will ever get home and I'll say, God, I need me some Jenny Rivera right now. Like I do arrive home and say, God, I need me some Bowie right now. Yeah. But, or Selena, for example. I, sometimes I just need me some Selena. I never got the Selena. Oh my God. I just, oh, she's so, she's so good. But I will say that uh, it's important that... Um, what am I even saying? No, yeah, that it's 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 something that I think I haven't given the proper chance to. But in the end, a lot of the banda, like when I'm riding with a with an Uber driver who's got the banda station on, I'm like, this is torture for me. This is there's no song. There's just it drills into your brain. Yeah, the the sounds are very acute. It's uh, I, I I do have family in the north and I and they like their banda music uh, some of them uh, and you know like at a wedding there's always a the time like oh we're gonna play the banda whatever I don't know I haven't to be fair like with other things like with the novelas and other things like I haven't given them a fair chance to be honest and I have a bias against them uh, for uh, how I grew up. Uh, but I will say that I find nothing wrong in, you know, music that gets people dancing together as a community. That's something that I've also have a question, I also have a question about because the rhythm of banda and ranchera, especially banda, like sometimes I don't really know how to dance it. It's too 
Like fast. it's it's very it's fast in a way that is not followable because like cumbia you just hear the baseline of a cumbia and you know the way you bought it. Maybe it's just a Latino thing, man. And this is what this is what when people say you're not yes. a real when people tell me because people actually will come up to me and tell me you're not a real Mexican, you're not a real Latino. And I'll like put some Selena on and let me show you because it really just catches you. Yeah. The dum 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 dum. It just happens to me. It just happens to me. And the banda thing, I don't get that. I don't it doesn't it doesn't make my hips go whoosh, you know? It's just... Well, the thing is, I mean, uh, I think from what I've seen, I think cumbia and other um, more Latino sounds are hip-based. And banda is less... Uh, <laughs> is gun-based. Banda, you dance it with a gun. Well, maybe, but it's more like about uh, quick foot movements. Right. But it's it's not... Like, I, I, I see people... Like, I have in my mind a, a vision... In my mind's eye. In my <laughs> and, I, and I feel like banda is a more stiff dance. Uh, if you know what I mean. <laughs> if you catch I'm, my I'm drift. I'm just talking at a mass right now. I don't know. I don't know. I can't dance banda. I can't dance cumbia. I can barely dance anything. It's I'm a, an embarrassment to the Latino no, he, community. Is, yeah, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a good cumbia dancer. But the moment I hear a cumbia... I know what I'm supposed to do, even if the execution fails. I know that this music is like, now is when your hips do this, and now is when your hips do that. Salsa, same thing. Like, I hear salsa, I hear a son. The more, maybe it's because my mom is Peruvian, and Peru was very much influenced by the African rhythms, which gave birth to things like salsa and cumbia and bachata, and like all these things, they actually come from... uh, That's also weird, because like... I mean, you, you mentioned the African, because uh, of course in Mexico we have Veracruz and like the, the coast, which is has that influence. Yeah. And as you say, banda comes from the north. Yes. And from what I hear, um, also like due to marching bands and stuff, like really the place where banda music is drawing more inspiration from is uh, European, like German music. Right. Uh so well, it was military music. It was just like yeah. marching band. And it's, mar- it's march. Yeah. It was a marching band. So it was a. It's a very, as you say, it's a very stiff. It's a very yeah. stiff kind of thing. It's actually it's so military. One of my favorite jokes by a Mexican comedian. It's not really a joke, but it's a joke, and it's so good. It's by uh, a man called Oscar Mayorga. Yeah, he does a version of the Mex- national Mexican anthem in banda. Okay. He sings the same thing, but he goes with the band like Mexicano Salito de Guerra. It's so, but he does it good. I, I, I'm not good. Wow. He does it so well. Anywho, anywho, that's the Mexican stereotype of the day. Yes, our expertise on banda and rancheras, and our very limited expertise. I like it. I like it when we talk about things that we know nothing about. It's good. Good. Okay. So, uh, the we main... should do that. Our Mexican stereotype should be about things that we know nothing about. Next week, Martin Leon talks about long-term relationships. So... I knew you were going. To... <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. And me waiting for you to get there has been my longest relationship this year. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very so, good. So anyway, um, so we're doing the nineties, uh, right now. We yeah. did the nanny last episode. Oh, the nanny. It's a great episode. So good. 
Uh, I, 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 I do like that I get to edit this podcast because it means I get to listen to everything again and be like, oh my God, that's funny. That oh was funny. That was good. Oh my God, I'm going to erase that part because it wasn't funny. Whatever. But actually, I, I mean, you will tell me, dear listeners, but I found to be, like the last episode, I found it to be quite funny. Um, by the way, follow us on social media, Mexicans. Mexicans. Twitter, Instagram. Mexicans pod on Twitter. Yes. I believe. I said Instagram Instagram. and I lied. We don't have an Instagram. And Mexicans on Facebook. Yes. Yay. Okay. So, 90s. And today we're talking about uh, the 90s pop divas. The 90s pop divas. Speaking of music. Yeah. Who are the 90s pop divas? Well, I would start with a blonde holy trinity. Mm -hmm. To me, these would be... um, Britney Spears, yes. Christina Aguilera, yes. and Pink. Ooh, Pink. Although some people might argue that Pink belongs in a in a trifecta of her own. With? Uh, I don't know who with. That, okay. Like the idea is that she was yeah, very Pink. Because um, I remember Pink wasn't at, at least in in here Mexico she wasn't as big as, and she starts over defining herself against. Uh, Christina and Britney. Britney and Christina very much became these like. And there was this other one, Simpson. Mandy. Well, just there was Jessica Simpson. Yeah. Uh, who was older, like Jessica Simpson, and she came from a country background too. And she was older than Britney and. Yeah. Okay. And then you had Mandy Moore. Like, Mandy Moore, Hilary Duff. Hilary Duff. But Lee Duff was like really young back in the nineties. Yeah, she would have been like more like in the two thousands, right? Yeah, I mean, she had Lizzie McGuire. She was starting, you know, like her whole thing. Yeah, but it began. I think you know, like the the craze for the divas, the nineties divas. I would have to say the the codifier of the divas were actually a band like the Spice Girls codified the nineties diva in the pop diva in a way that then would be picked up by. Britney and Christina and so on because I, I liked how they all had their I am the crazy one I am the sporty one oh, I am the blah 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 it was basically Power Rangers with a beat <laughs> and that's very 90s you know, like the, let's make a group of people and like they're friends so for some good. reason I loved the Spice Girls when, when people talk about when people talk about boy bands I skipped the boy bands altogether like the the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC I just I they Boys did not, to Men, etc. They did not even register. These days, I'll listen to Boys to Men and I'll say, these kids are fucking amazing. Like, yeah. I love... If I have to choose which one to keep, I'll keep Boys to Men because holy fuck can they sing. But I skipped the whole craze of the, the boy bands and I went straight for the Spice Girls. Okay. And I'm still wondering if he'd like to be my lover. Like, it's <laughs> just... It was so big for me. And I, I watched the film because they had a film. They did. Spice World. Yes. And I thought it was such a... They were such a fun band to listen to. And they were such a fun band to, to watch yeah. perform. I mean, the thing with uh, the 90s and pop music, it's like, on the one hand, yay. On the other hand, it sort of was the beginning of this very much um, cookie-cutter approach to star-making. Well, I would, I would debate that. Because I think the cookie-cutter approach to star-making happened like back in the 50s or in the 60s like the, yeah but they di- they didn't have but they didn't have the like the industry the machine yeah exactly yeah things i mean things lasted longer and the 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 like now a life cycle for a, for a single is like 
a day and a half. Yeah. But like that was the, the, the point in which like, uh, like you could have a Britney, you could have a Christina, you could have Spice Girls, like you can even have in the boys section, you, like you have the Backstreet Boys. Like nowadays, the market is so saturated and like the amount of people trying to get into your ears is so... But you still have the divas who last. Like Britney had a very long career. Yeah, but like... Has, I should say. Yeah, but she hasn't... Like, what was the last thing she released? Um, Femme Fatale. God, was that the last one? Probably. That was a long time ago. Yeah. And, like, Christina... Like, Lady Gaga, her last album, she was... Was it... Was it... No, it was... Okay, there was... She released an album... No, there was an album called Glory. With, like, original music or just, like... Well, original music with Britney is is a very slippery slope. Okay. What I'm saying is that, uh, yeah, like, the the, the gears were in motion prior to that. But, you know, because you had Britney and you had Christina and you had, like, Jessica and whatever. But then... Alongside those, they had a billion people trying to copy the same techniques or like in their own way, you know, like this is Britney, but this is, you know, like bad Britney, like, you know, like bad Britney. You had even though, do you remember the first video, Britney's first video? Hit me baby one more time. It was probably the most iconic video of the 90s or one of the most iconic videos. I mean, it kind of redefined everything we ever knew and wanted to know about the world and these days <laughs> I'll watch it and I'll go that's inappropriate I do not condone like <laughs> I do not condone because of course back then I was what how old was I I don't know what year it came out but I remember I was like 11 or 12 when I saw that video for the first time and I was like I def- definitely felt some stirrings that I hadn't felt before okay my loins did quiver in a way, like, I was like, she was very sexy and she was the high school She's also student. high school girl saying, you know, like, my loneliness is killing me now, won't you know that I still believe? Which is like, is loneliness killing you, Britney Spears? Aren't well, you when you're like, a teenager, loneliness Aren't you just, like, hungry? <laughs> Maybe you just need to have a bagel. Just, like, onion, cream cheese, a little bit of prosciutto. As we were saying, when you're a teenager, it's like, ah! Dying, you're fine. You're but fine. it represented it represented everyone. Here's yeah. the thing: that song represented everyone. All the boys wanted to be the boy Britney was singing to, and all the girls felt like resonated with the way Britney was singing to the boy. So, and and it was a very. I remember the, the choreo the choreography was amazing. She was always a, an amazing dancer. Yeah, and it was like and she <clears> was bearing her midriff. She was bearing her midriff, but she was still kind of like playing it along the innocent. To our eyes, that kind of thing. Like when when you come at it from uh, uh, like a more I I I pause to say adult perspective, but like because in the end, like as I was saying, you know, like Britney Spears was a marketing ploy from the beginning to end. Like she was she was made to appeal to like younger girls to the music, but she also had like this like remember the cover for the album of Hit Me Hit Me Baby one more time. I do not. It's her. I think on her knees, looking up to the camera, like, very sweetly. Um, it's, you know, it's, like, very much like, oh, my God, I'm a good girl. 
but also in a way to She's not in appeal. the knees, actually. That's not the oh, No, cover. this is the single. That's the single, yeah. Debut studio album. Oh, yes. There you go. Yes, she's going. Although she is wearing a very short mini skirt. And, you know, she's on her knees looking up like, Hi, I'm so sweet. I'm a good girl. You should buy this CD for your daughter because she's not going to find any... I'm so wholesome. She's yeah. wholesome. Um it was crafted. It was very crafted. It was branded, and I forget the name of the guy who uh, was in charge of, like, her, her, her whole career. Is this a, an important person? Yeah. Um, I think it's the same guy that uh, did The Bachelor Boys. Really? Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but it were, And then Christina Aguilera sort of came out uh, wanting oh, to... Oh, 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 look at this. Look at this. Wait, I'm sorry, but si- sidebar... I've clicked on the Britney Spears um, producer. The, the, the producer who the, his name was Lou Perlman. Yes, Lou and Perlman. when I click on him, it goes Louis J. Perlman. He died three years ago. Was an American record producer, con artist, and fraudster. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he became a con artist and fraudster, but here we have an arrest mugshot of the guy. Well, I think afterwards he tried to like uh, like. You know, repeat the success of the Bachelor Boys and like Britney Spears, and he would just like tell people like, if you give me so much money, I will like give you a comedy, uh, comedy, a music career. So basically, he started a church. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Very. Much. Um, and then you know, at some point, I should make a thing like trying to connect how Britney Spears ended up with Rebecca Black's Friday. Um, do you ever? Do you ever hear Friday? It, it doesn't ring a bell. Sorry. Um, Later. But I remember that Britney came, you know, the album came out and she was like the innocent girl and she had these really innocent songs. And like, you know, in in, in that first video, she's like this schoolgirl, you know, outfit, which is, of course, like a fantasy schoolgirl outfit. I'm sorry. It's a Halloween costume schoolgirl. And it's meant to be her own like fantasy because like the bell rings and whatever. Um, I do shiver to think of the like... 40-something-year-old parents looking at that video. <laughs> half of them would be horrified. I'm with that I'm, I'm with that crowd. But half of them would be like... Like, honey, daddy needs to see, see the television on his own. <laughs> on his own. But, and, and I'm, I'm going to say something terrible, but can you blame them? It was very much aimed also... That's what I was saying. It was, it, was, it was crafted. Right. It was crafted yeah. that way. It was crafted to appeal... To um, to teenagers and to be sold as you know widely as possible. I mean, I remember at some point. I don't. I, this like this particular trend sort of peaked with the Jonas Brothers who had the purity rings um, because they weren't going to have sex till marriage. Oh, really? Yeah. But at did some, they keep that promise? Um, I don't know. I don't. It'd be really, interesting. I, I'm not friends with them. I didn't okay. ask them. But at some point, I think uh, Britney. This again, this might be talking about us. But I did like. Britney, I met one of the Jonas Brothers. Britney was supposed to like. Britney did like at several points say like, "Yeah, no, like I'm, I'm a Christian, so of course I'm saving myself for marriage, whatever." And then they had the whole Britney and Justin Timberlake thing. Oh right, yeah. Was, was what was the name <coughs> of that thing? A relationship? I don't know. No, <laughs> but like, like it's but unlike Brangelina. Unlike Brangelina, they didn't have like a portmanteau. Portmanteau name. Yeah, exactly. But then she went bad. I like it when Britney went bad. Yeah, when but this was way after. There was, this this two, was two albums after. Yeah. It wasn't way it after. It was, it was, uh, yeah, because they had Baby One Time, then it had Oops, I Did It Again. And then she lost her mind. No, she didn't lose her mind. No, 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 no. Because there You're was, not talking about the whole, 
shaving her head no, thing? No, 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 no. She went bad at, I think it was 1999, she released this album that had um, Toxic and I'm a Slave for You. All right. And well, a Slave for Toxic and a Slave for You, if I'm not mistaken, are two different albums. But uh, yeah, she started going, quote unquote, bad. Be, but before that, Christina Aguilera went bad. She, Christina Aguilera did not go bad. Christina Aguilera went dirty. She went dirty. Yeah, but she went dirty later. Like, okay, Oops, I Did It Again, second studio. It was released in 2000. And the songs it had were... Stronger. Oops, did, yeah. Oops, I Did It Again, Stronger, Toxic. Yeah, Toxic. Um, but, that, but at this point, um, Britney was still the more wholesome of the two. Yeah. Britney, was, Britney did not fall from grace until she... Threw herself off grace in a very public display of my I have my, my life has been controlled but like my life has been micromanaged like that's the one one thing where I, when people talk about Britney because uh, she was like there was no point Toxic was later Toxic was later but it was pr- before her but what album meltdown. was Toxic in was, was it in to- play for you was the album in the zone in the zone yeah and in the zone had the song Toxic, it had um, Me Against the Music yeah, featuring Madonna. Madonna. Yeah. And I remember none of these other songs. Here's the interesting thing. Okay. No, I mean, what, what I was going for is like uh, Britney was caught in these crossroads as her movie. <laughs> oh, 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 I see did what you, you did. Did you see yeah, the movie? Yeah. No, I didn't. Oh my God, I saw that movie. It's bad. Uh, what? Britney, a bad actress? Yeah. I mean, it's a ba- like, it's a bad movie, period. But anyway, where was I? Oh, okay. So, like, on the one hand, she had to be America's sweetheart. And, you know, she had to be, you know, like, wholesome and perfect. And she had to be, you know, sellable and marketable and all that. And on the other hand, she had to be the sexual fantasy of every single sexually active male in the U.S., if not the the Western world. Um, So there was, like, I just imagine, you know, and and I see, like, of course she went crazy. Like, there's no way to have this life and not, I mean, I'm being very, like, easygoing with the word crazy, which which I shouldn't. But I mean, of course, she had a breakdown. Of course, she had a meltdown. She clearly had a meltdown. There was, but there was no way for her not having it. She was, she was, she was being asked by everyone to be the ideal Britney Spears of that person. But yeah, I mean, then and maybe Britney actually started the trend of, you know, let's watch the really famous person who started their career really young break down. And lose No, that control. was Macaulay Culkin. Okay, so you had Macaulay Culkin, but then you had Britney Spears, yeah. Justin Bieber. Which came later, yeah. Who came later, but it was same, the same trend. And here's something funny about me. I don't give a shit. These guys, and women, like, it's... I've, I've never... And I know I should be empathetic. And I, I, I consider myself a relatively empathetic person. But the thing is... You know, you get these people who go, it was just too much. It was too much and I couldn't deal with it. So I took my car and I, uh, you know, got high to my balls and I crashed the car and I could have killed someone. But it was just too much fame. I was like, oh, so that's your problem. Too much money. Too much power. But Britney 
Britney never... I mean, she never endangered anyone else. No, she never endangered anyone else, but the, but she did become violent. I mean, she was being... I mean, Bjork, Bjork did before that. I mean, there's also this thing of... Uh, it's a, it's a tangled web we weave, but, you know, like... Because Bjork went crazy, and went. Bjork... Went. Went crazy. Implying she wasn't. And I'm still being very, very like, oh, crazy. Bjork went violent against paparazzis at a supermarket. I remember that. Yeah, that was... Bjork was also... That was paparazzi. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's like a... But, I mean... Gray area. But, but Britney was a person that had been sort of thrust into the public eye. Uh, and also, like, this was when, when things like the internet and stuff like that were barely starting. So, like, we didn't know how just how much information a crazy fan could gather of a celebrity before that like now and and still like nowadays you have like a lot of celebrities like start going and they have people that tell them you have to watch out for this you have to like take care of they've actually turned the tables now i think because with instagram for example i think celebrities are kind of like accepting the fact that because they're given all this money and all this power and all this privilege, because let's not forget that people, you know, the, the reason they have all this yeah. is because it was given to them. Yeah. So people give the these things to them. So they kind of like go, I think the reason why celebrities pay so much attention to their Instagram accounts is because they get to paparazzi themselves yeah. on their own terms so that people kind of like get their fix. I've never really been that guy, by the way. I've never gone, I wonder what Christina Aguilera is doing right now. Like I've never, I've never had this curiosity. I think mm-hmm. they probably leave. No, I also think that there's like, like lives. And the, there's it. a whole conversation you have to be had on to how, you know, a healthy relationship uh, with celebrities and parasocial relationships and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but what I was saying with, uh, with Britney and like other people who started fame, you know, became famous when they were young and who may not have had full control of how this fame came about and how they managed this fame. Um, uh, cause like every single move by Britney was scrutinized in a way that that isn't fair for anyone. It, it would be unfair for everyone. Yeah, and, and I'm like, like when I see her breakdown, I was like, I would have had that breakdown five years prior. Mm-hmm. Like, how did she hold on? I mean, yes, she had all this money and she was, you know, I'm assuming yeah, it made I her mean, happy, and, 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 the, and this idea of becoming what everyone wishes to be, which is weird, you know, like, we want to be rich and we want to be famous and we want to be loved by everyone. Uh, and then she did uh, the song Lucky, Lucky, in Oops, I Did It Again. No, Lucky wasn't her first album. And no. she was like, yes. Please check it, because oh. Lucky was not in her first album. Lucky is Oops, I Did It Again. Or... Let's see. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck you. But then it was Lucky. But then She's she so this, lucky. She does all other... She's a star. And she and she I like Britney because her songs kind of like tell a story. You have Oops, I Did It Again. Yeah. Which was uh, the idea of uh, my loneliness is killing me, blah, blah, blah. And then she released Stronger. Mm-hmm. And she's replying to the song by saying my loneliness is killing me no more. Yeah. 
So she's like answering to herself. And yeah. then you have, for example, Toxic, which is this, by the way, in my opinion, one of the best videos ever shot. Like it was just and and the song. a fantastic song. The song. Like I, the, the very first guitar riff. Like you hear that, like you hear that yeah. intro at a club, be it gay, straight or undefined. And people will go... Oh, it's toxic. Like there's something, <laughs> there's something happening here. Also, the drums in uh, "I'm a Slave for You." There's like yeah. it's such a good song, and she kind of like kept telling a story with her songs. Now, it, did she write the songs? Did she not write the songs? Who gives a fuck? I mean, that was her name. That was yeah. her song, and she was telling a story. And then this this story that she goes, uh, "Piece of Me." Yeah, which, which is basically a fuck you to paparazzi and a yeah. fuck you to pop culture. Because this was after after they, after the meltdown and after some paparazzi uh, f- took a photo of her uh, son's underwear. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's such a good song. And it is a great song. Womanizer is Womanizer kind of is a like song. a reply to all of the things that people say about the men she dates. Yeah, but I do have to say, and this is in 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 direct contrast to someone who songs I enjoy even if she's more problematic which is Taylor Swift it is a reply without it being like too on the nose and and it's, it's and they're also like really good catchy songs Womanizer is a catchy song and it was personal here's the thing she always kept it about herself I think it, she wasn't really dishing dirt the way your dear Taylor Swift seems yeah, no, to do. I totally agree. Yeah, uh, so no, she wasn't really doing that. Like even, uh, I mean, she was dishing dirt, but it wasn't like specific dirt to like the like and 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 you know, and, and trying to give Taylor Taylor Swift a fair shake. It's kind of the play. It's a it's a place where a lot of pop music is nowadays. Like so it's always like, ooh, who, what is this song answering to, and who is blah blah, blah which is like uh, Justin Sayer, who is like an amazing um, gay comedian that I enjoy. He he tweeted recent not too recent ago, but he's like, I really hate that. You know, like pop music is becoming like the gossip rag. It's like you need to know what like who is angry to to understand a song instead of like you know a- angry at something. And if you learn about why I'm angry, you will like have a different reading of the song. Exactly. But the song works in itself yeah like you have to get into the whole drama to enjoy the song even though and, and back when Britney was doing Stronger and you know all these yeah. like reply songs to herself you didn't really need to know what was going on with her yeah. life you could see it's that Stronger is just like a, a cool anthem to sing to yourself before going out yes and there was a story there was a story happening yeah. which uh, okay so before we move on to a different pop diva I love Britney by the way we I should, absolutely we should have done a Britney episode I, I do <laughs> love Britney but uh, favourite Britney song Oh my god! That, like which of my, which of my children? Um, favorite Britney song? Oh my god! Give me a second. Do you have an answer? Uh, yeah, Toxic by far. Like Toxic is just such a good song. It's well composed. It's so solid. The lyrics are fun. The video is amazing. The rhythm is fantastic. It's just just like I think it's probably the most perfect pop song of the 90s. Okay. Well, it wasn't the 90s. It was 2003. So, of that decade if you want. Like it doesn't matter. Still 90s. Um I would have to go with Baby one more time. Uh because to this day it's just a song that I basically know by heart. And it is very much a song that puts me in the headspace of the 90s. It's a... Like, when I say that I'm a, a kid who grew up listening to pop, that's basically where I started my pop education. Really? Much, much to the chagrin of my, m- more of my more music-inclined friends. 
it's a really fun song. It's, it's a song fun. that, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's childish, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's a breakup song, but also when you're in that mindset of like, you know, you, 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 you broke up with someone, but you're also missing them and stuff. It's very, it's it, very nostalgic. And it still works. It still works. It still works. Yeah. And it's a great video. It's, it's a great, great video. video. And, and that like part in the middle would go slow and it says, Oh baby, baby. She's it's, a terrible singer. I'm she's a terrible singer. She, she is. She's, she's, she's. And, and she thank you. And thank you, Cher, for creating autotune and thus allowing so many people. Uh, Ironically, a because Cher is a fantastic singer. Yeah. But she, yeah, yeah, yeah. she, but just that bridge in the middle, you know, because you have the whole song and then she you have, the then, you know, you drop it and it's like slow and then you come back to my loneliness. Yeah. <laughs> I must confess. It's a very good and song. And confess is such a word. Like, I must confess that my loneliness is killing me now. It's like such a dramatic way of saying I'm alone in my room crying. <laughs> I love it. And we all lived it and it was great. Yes. And we were all happy about it. So, uh... Which would you, would you call Britney your 90s pop diva? No. Who would be? My you? pop diva from the 90s was Pink. Ooh. I was always... I was. Please strike that. I am a Pink man. Here's the thing about Pink. First of all, amazing singer. Yes. She composes. Yes. She writes. She's a songwriter. But also, she's still fucking going on. And, like, she releases a new album and it's still good. Like, yes. you still... Hear her songs, and she also tells a story. She's also growing in a way. Like she started being um, the anti-Britney. She started marketing herself as. She, and she did have she did have that uh, just like a pill in which she like name drops. She name drops. Yeah, she says she's tired of being compared to damn Britney Spears. Yeah. But then she it's a uh, how do you call that when you. When you give a compliment that is not really a compliment. A backhanded compliment. Yeah, and she goes like, She's so pretty. She's so pretty and that just ate me. And it was kind of a backhanded compliment, but also she was like, Mm. I'm not the pretty girl. I'm Mm. not going to go for that. So just like a pill, amazing. Uh, The The whole, her whole um, image, because... Christina went full dirty, like full like sexual and whatever, you know, like the the whole dirty video is like a mud party. But yes. Pink yes, was um she, she I mean, Christina Aguilera is also hands down way better singer than maybe anyone else in the entire world. Oh. Definitely. Um but the image that Pink began crafting uh, for herself, especially uh, in Get the Party Started, which is, I believe, her second album, uh, was just so amazing. Because it was a bad girl, but also, you know, like, um, like dark with an edge, but also approachable. You know, she was, she was very... Like... Like you were saying, Britney has very personal songs and a story, but you can still like hear there's a whole studio behind this making sure that there's no word out of place here. Yeah. And Pink felt less uh, controlled in a way. Pink felt less controlled. And she, st- she also was like, because she came in a, a couple of years later. She yes. was like, and her best album uh, came out actually same year as the, um, as the Toxic album, <clears throat> which was Misunderstood. Okay. Which was full of amazing songs. It was like, Misunderstood, Don't Let Me Get Me, which is like such a good, such a good song because she starts going into the self-destructiveness of being 
a person at that time, you know? And I think so, that's the one with the Britney <clears throat> line. Don't let me get me. Maybe. Yes, exactly. Just like a pill is, is another one. Yeah. But it's still, she went like dark, but it wasn't dark like, she was just a bit twisted. And yeah. she marketed her twistiness yeah. in a very interesting way that I, I still feel her songs but are But Misunderstood so is where you get, have, get the party started, right? Yes. Okay. And it's misunderstood. Misunderstood with a Z. Yes, yes. the whole beginning of Misunder- Kesha. The song, <laughs> the song "Misunderstood" actually is, I, I think, probably her, her most underrated song yeah. uh, because it's it almost it has almost no melodic background. It's mostly just beats yeah. going in the background, and she's just singing it, and she's showing off her voice, which yeah. she ended up showing off later when she wrote, like even a decade later when she when she released. Um, what was that, that song? Uh, you and Your Hand. Yes. Which is so good. It That's was a great song. And she, she also kind of like played around with genre a bit more. Britney remained pop yeah. up until Femme Fatale when she kind of went into this weird electro pop thing, which I yeah, really but liked. Britney was... I mean, as much as you could say Britney was playing with genre, I think Britney was very much responding. Britney has never been like Madonna, where she can like be the flagship for a new sort of mixing of genre. Yeah. Britney very much responded to like what was happening. Yeah. Because like even in that, um, when she did, um, everybody's talking. Oh, her cover of My Prerogative by the great Bobby Brown. Yeah. That was very much what was happening. Yeah. At the moment. Um, I, I remember I remember hearing that song for the first time, but Britney's cover. And I'm like, prerogative yeah. is a is way too long a word for you. <laughs> like, four syllables is above your limit by Miss one. Like, spell Miss prerogative Spe- exactly. and use I'm, it in a sentence. I'm gonna ask you to use prerogative in a sentence. I'm gonna ask you for a definition because you do not know. Oh, but I want I, I do wanna like coming back to Brittany, I do love her. Her kids are very into Pokemon, so she has been very into Pokemon because of her kids. So she's like Seriously? wears like the Pokemon shirt. And, like, by the, she had like a Pokemon theme party That's for her adorable. kids. Adorable, and she's just like such an. She's such. I'm I'm happy that she's happy. So anyway, Pink. Um, also, one thing I do want to mention about Pink, um, especially I've never been to a Pink concert. Have you been to a Pink no, concert? No, I haven't. Regressively, um, Pink. The acrobatics she's done in the shows I've seen. Yes. While singing. While singing. Her, her cover, probably the only cover I accept of Cindy Lauper, she sings a, a cover of Time After Time. I've seen it. Doing uh, air, acrobat- air yeah. acrobatics. Air, how's it called? Aerography? Or I don't know what it's called. Like the, This thing where they hang from the things and they, <laughs> they spin. Air ballet. I don't yeah, know. Whatever. Air dancing or whatever it is. And she's doing that while singing, live and on pitch and beautifully. She's like this really rounded artist. And she's got like this, I, I, I think she is like the real thing. She she actually, after the cookie cutter thing, she kind of like broke the mold in her own way. And she's still doing her thing. And yeah. I think she's just amazing. Christina, I'm not going to disagree because Christina is, Christina, I think we should even categorized differently because she is a virtuoso. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, Britney became... Like, she's... I think she... Well, now I think she's uh, uh, resting from a very... Long stint in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. And she had, they, they had the whole Free Britney thing. Uh, so she's dealing with her own shit. But... Free Britney? 
Yeah, because apparently, uh, like, her father had, like, custody. I don't know. It's... I don't know. I don't know enough about this shit to be talking about it next to I do. As you have Brittany. It's never stopped us before. <laughs> Go on. So, uh, you know, Brittany, as we know, she wasn't really the best singer. And her concerts were more about production value than her own... And I, I still find it hilarious that people call her fat because it's like... I never got that. I never, ever got that. Even when she was at her, and I use massive sarcasm quotation marks here, fattest. Yeah. Even when she was at her fattest, I remember looking at the pictures. I'm like, you people are all sick. You yeah, totally. Sick. She looks hot. She looked She is amazing. hot. I never was like, what a whale. I was I like, mean, what? Honestly, I think really, I mean... Papers and papers could be, could be like written on how Britney is an example of misogyny in culture, especially misogyny directed at younger girls. And I mean, Britney is no longer a young girl, but like she, like how people love to just like beat on her and be like, oh, like she's bad and she's blah, blah, blah. When, you know, she is as much a product of the current entertainment industry as anything else you might like, like Pink or even Star Wars Absolutely. or whatever. So you have, and then you have Christina, who did, who started in pop, but then... Uh, her first song was her worst. Uh, Genie in a Bottle. Genie Bottle. It's just terrible. Yeah. It's a terrible song. Uh, and Christina sort of like, you know, she had the pop thing, then she went the dirty, you know, the, she started like, she had beautiful the, the song Beautiful, which was... You know, one of the first uh, shows of LGBT LGBT sport in, I think, pop mainstream. Because they had, like, two guys kissing in the video. Yeah. Um, but I think Madonna did it before in her disgusting cover of American Pie. <laughs> I'm never going to forget Madonna has forget always that. been an ally. I like, will never forget Madonna that. has always been an ally. And in one way or another has, you know, sort of... I mean... There, there's a reason why Vogue is what Vogue is for the gay community. Like, she, Madonna has always been one step forward. Like, like Madonna, like Madonna is another. She's another thing entirely. Let's not go. With, let's not deal with Madonna right no. now. But when I'm, but then Christina sort of like you know sort of like uh, very much in like what Gaga did for trying to do. She sort of hit herself in a while trying to like get rid of the, those pop uh, rest. You like and came back with uh, back to basics. In which she just said, "Hello, world. This is my voice. I hope you're ready to have all your windows broken." And she's so good. Like she is a virtuoso. Yeah. She's like no. she's one of the voices that come around once or twice in a generation. Yeah. Like I think that my one thing with Christina Aguilera is that I think she hasn't found a songwriter that manages to highlight her voice. You know what? I disagree. There, there's what like, song? Okay. What song? Fighter is. Glorious. Yeah, but it's still a very that, that's very very pop song. It's popish, but it actually has um, it actually the the rhythm, the underlying rhythm. It's more akin to hard rock. It's got these really overdriven uh, guitars yeah. in the background. Like she was actually kind of like going beyond pop at some point, and then it did the the nineties thing where the song goes quiet for a while. And it's just piano in the background. Yeah. Just, but she. Shows off her range. She shows off her amazing capacity for I mean, decoration. Honestly, Christina Lara could do a cover, could do a cover version of "Mary Had a Little Lamb" and make it, you know, one of the best songs you've ever heard. She, yeah, I just don't think she knows. No and fear. this is me not knowing shit about music. So you, you're feel free to just say, "Martin, you don't know shit about music." But I, I think 
there's we haven't there's still so much more for a person with Christina Aguilera's voice to do in a stage or in a movie because we haven't even seen we haven't even seen like Christina Aguilera in a Wizard of Oz type vehicle, you know? They tried with burlesque. Don't watch burlesque, it's awful. I liked it. <laughs> it was exactly what it said on the tin. Yeah. It was camp it was Christina Galera and Cher being impossibly campy for an hour and a half. Yeah. It delivered, I enjoyed, and the band for the burlesque was one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah, but there's a reason why it's not such an important movie. It's not an important movie. So it's not. And again, it's not like, you know, The Wizard of Oz what did for Judy Garland or um, or even A Star is Born for Lady Gaga recently. Uh, there's still so much. I, I, I feel we're still gonna, we're still missing a piece of media that's gonna showcase Christina Aguilera's voice in a way that's gonna make everyone be like, this is the girl from The TV thing is, she is doing, she's doing show-stopping things all the time. It's just that sometimes, for example, I remember this one time. Uh, Etta James one of my all-time favorite, like, she defines diva for me. And from the very first time, because I was listening to all these old records when I was really young, when I heard Christina Aguilera, I was like, she wants to be Etta James yeah. so much. And I mean this as the highest possible compliment I can yeah. pay someone. She was clearly influenced by her so much. And then Etta James died. And she sang at her funeral. She sang At Last by Etta James at Etta James' funeral. And she was so young at the time. And it was like, I remember when, because I hadn't seen this video. He, uh, my boyfriend actually showed me this video. And he said, do, do you know that she sang At Last at the funeral? And I was like, what? Seriously? Wow, that's brave. Like, that takes some balls. And I was really skeptical. I was like, really, are you going to do this? Because you've got other people going around. I mean, you still got Aretha around. You can, like, you could choose someone else. And I remember from the first note she hit, she scooped the note from the bottom. She went, she did this thing like, uh, but she went, like, so powerful. And from the first note, I was like, she nailed this fucker. And one of the hardest songs to sing in the 20th century is at last by Etta James. Like, my boyfriend is a theatre producer and he tells me, when I see a woman auditioning with Etta James, I'm like, oh, honey. Oh, honey. Who do you think you are? Honey, honey, like, honey, who do you think don't. you are? Etta James is infamous. Okay. And she's so coming so, back yeah. to Pink, which is your 90s diva. She's my um, 90s diva. Which would you say is your favourite uh, album and song? My favorite album is Misunderstood. Although, oh my God, the, uh, this one that she released about five years ago that has um, Blow Me One Last Kiss and Try, which is such an amazing song in the video. It's fantastic. amazing. Um, that could be my favorite, but no, I'm, I'm just going to go like, I'm going to say Misunderstood because it's got Misunderstood, Don't Let Me Get Me and Just Like a Pill. These three songs I could listen to every day and I, it would not be a minute wasted. Yeah. I just love them. I have to, I have to like just thank Pink for putting uh, Get the Party Started out for the people. For the people. Yeah, because it is very much a song. And I, and I, and I love the, the cover by, I forget the name, but it's, it's like a weird... Uh, I don't, I, I'm not even going to say the style because I'm going to be wrong. Yeah. But, oh my God. And, and you know, like pink with pink hair, it's so obvious right now. But the fact that she was rocking the pink hair back back then is just... And that 
the iconic... Like, sort of emo-ish. She did the Justin Bieber hair way before Justin Bieber did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she was also like very attractive and very hot in her own way but you could tell that she was like she would give entire concerts in a t-shirt and she wouldn't give a fuck so she was obviously I mean I'm not going to be naive and say oh she's more authentic than Britney no she's a product she's a product same as Britney same as Christina but I think she was a a more refined product, ironically, because her, her, whole, thing, her whole thing was being... No, I, I think, I, I think and, and this is one of the things that people are talking about nowadays in social media, like, authenticity. Yeah. I think her refinements comes from, like, you felt more of a connection to Pink. Oh, I felt her. Um, like, oh, she was singing to me. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, my 90s pop diva was Mandy Moore. I love Mandy Moore. Explain so Mandy Moore to me because I've, I Mandy Moore was Mandy Moore was like you had Britney and you had Christina Aguilera and you had Pink and you know the whole thing, but then like at some point uh, this song started playing in MTV called Candy by Mandy Moore, and it starts with like a like a I don't know the instrument like a very like gentle note it's like din 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 and then it it goes into a more like. Uh, pop beat and Mandy Moore starts going like yeah 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 and it starts and it's a song which is like the, the chorus of the song is like I'm missing you like candy it was this is basically bubblegum pop <laughs> I'm missing you like candy yeah I'm craving for you I'm loved for you I'm missing you like candy and it's that's an unhealthy relationship it is food. it is it is it is and it's one of these songs that are basically they, they have it's like they take one concept and just run with it so it's like candy puns and like the video of course it's Mandy Moore like at a candy shop you know like she was just very bubblegum pop and I loved it and it was like this song I could have in the background of you know like just you know being happy and then Mandy Moore came out with uh what's what's her second album was it 17 no Adele is 17 <laughs> um would you like me to look it up since we've got the the, the great the machine, house of the machine the of, of wit- I think of I think with Mandy Moore either again or seventeen. She Mandy Moore had a, also a single on the Center Stage movie. What's a ballet a, a ballet movie ballet 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 movie ballet ballet ballet, ballet movie a ballet movie. Okay, uh, that's she, with, these are her albums. She's got So Real in yes. nineteen ninety nine. I want to be with you in the two thousand, which was a song for uh, the Center Stage movie. Then there was Mandy Moore. Yes. Then. Coverage, 2003. Yeah. Wild Hope, 2007. And Amanda Lee, 2009. Yeah. yeah. Uh, her pop albums are the first two. But I just loved her. And she was also... The thing she was, she was also an actress. And she played... She was entangled, wasn't she? she, she yeah. yeah. Uh, but before that, she played the bad girl in The Princess Diaries. The first one. Okay. And she played um, the bad girl in Saved... Which, if you went to a Christian school like I did, Saved became one of your teen comedies. Because it's like a teen comedy in a Christian school. And Mandy Moore is like super holier-than-thou uh, girl. And her... is her I think her brother happens to be gay in that movie. And he like sent, gets sent to like a gay camp. And they break him out of the gay, gay camp. Uh, so, Saved... So Mandy Moore became very entangled with my... Very, aha, ah, ah, very good. I like it. You always, you always piss on me because I like the puns. 
You always do I, that. When have I pissed on you for liking puns? Yeah, you, you go, you do this look. You have a look. <laughs> I do the pun and you do this. And it only takes half a second. This, this look that basically means, well, moving on from you. Like, just letting this happen, moving on from you. Well, at least I, let it, I just move on and I don't show it to the... To, I wouldn't say the viewers because according to me, you can hear me. He's um, got a look. If I ever get a picture of that, we'll post it on social media because it's got this, it's, it, it's a second long look, but it's like, I do the pun right. and he goes, yeah, and we're just moving forward. It's basically the look version of the expression, period, 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 anyway. Exactly. Which yeah. So, anyway, um, to the point that when I learned that Mandy Moore was finally playing a Disney princess and one princess that that I've been looking forward to here for a while, which was Rapunzel, Rapunzel. in Tango. I was like, I like that yes. Movie. And also because Rapunzel was returned to form to like the 90s musical. I, and Mandy Moore, like there's nothing in her discography that I would be like, this is an amazing song. Everyone should listen to it. Even the Tango soundtrack isn't my favorite Disney soundtrack. But she just became my, my, my 90s pop diva because she... I liked her music. I liked that she felt sort of like the underdog between everyone else. And I was like, well, you know, like, I'm kind of the underdog too. Because that's what I was telling myself at the time. Uh, I liked basically all of the movies she was in. Um, I, I became this person like, do you know that Mandy Moore is in this movie? <laughs> and and now she's still, she's acting on a, in, in a, I forget the number of the TV show. I think it's This Is Us. Uh, she's still uh, producing and she's still very close and dear to my heart Mandy Moore but if I had to choose one song from her it would have to be um, One Sided Love Okay, One Sided Love which now that I hear, hear it people might complain that it's kind of appropriating the Bollywood style uh but the 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 chorus for the for one sided love, which I love, and I still have it, like I still listen to it at least once a week. Is one sided love? It's never gonna work. So let me tell you something that you've sure never heard of: tender love and care. In case you're unaware, blah 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 blah. Hit me with your best shot. I don't know. I love Mandy Moore. If you love Mandy Moore, you're in my team. And if you love Pink, you are in Luisa Gusta's team. And if you love love Britney Spears. Well, you are you were, a kid of the 90s. And if you love Christina Aguilera, you were a theater nerd, you more were likely. Singing. You love... Beautiful. And if you loved if the you, Spice Girls... Which ones was your favorite Spice Girls? I don't know. I, no. I just love them all. Like, I was, I, to, I be was fair, to be honest, I never really like distinguish one or the other. Like, I, was, I, I did distinguish them, but I never had like, oh, I'm scary Spice. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> The beginnings of the BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah, no, I was like, no. I was, I just like them okay. all. And they broke up too early and that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, to finish, quickly, one question. Uh, which song, like, which diva song are you really into right now that you would like people to hear? It can be old, it can be new. Oh, God. I just... I love all divas. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with my all time favorite diva, Ella Fitzgerald. And I think I'm listening to this song. It, it was actually originally a film by, uh, with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. The song is called Isn't This a Lovely Day? 
I love that song. It's beautiful. Listen to Ella Fitzgerald if you've never listened to her. She's like, she's the queen. She's just okay. What about you? Uh, right now, the one song I'm listening to a lot is uh, Barbara Streisand's "Don't Rain on My Parade." Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So another diva that yeah. we should do. We should do. We should have some sort of like series for like discussing artists discussing divas artists. or otherwise divas or otherwise yeah. like if you have an idea for us to discuss like send uh, it over please yeah. um so any of you have any suggestions on uh anything we might talk about or that we talked about please also send them, send them over uh Luis Augusto where can they follow you they can follow me uh on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as Mr. Drama and where can they follow you They can follow me on Instagram and Twitter as Mintonarel. It's just my name where all the letters mixed up. And you, you can find me on Facebook as Martin Leon. Uh, love thank you, you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for dropping by. And thank you because we're finally 15 people on Twitter. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye.